welcome to the Disruptance Podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric Forney and Michael Bounds. Every week on the show, we aim to make agents and entrepreneurs more profitable and productive by disrupting the way they think. And Mike, this week, I want to disrupt the way you think about living. So last week, we talked about achieving fulfillment by having a disciplined life. And when I talk about fulfillment and happiness, what does that mean to you? Uh, fulfillment. Um, when I hear that, I feel like abundance, calm, peace, smiles, my family, God. That's what I think of. So your family, God, those two things make you happy. What else? Um, just, you know, just, uh, I think we overcomplicate things. So like. What makes me happy is I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think I think right now everybody's going crazy, and I I don't know. I think everybody's in the same in a similar thing. So I'm gonna keep it real. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's good because <laughs> because you know it, it is it is interesting. All of the all of the research and data on Earth would say that that you're in the majority where where people are searching for something to give them fulfillment to um to find meaning and purpose and happiness in life and and we see that statistically um a massive rise in um antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications and you know we talked about on um, a podcast several weeks ago that that uh, burnout as at an all-time high and so people are seeking happiness um, in life and you know as we're a week before uh, or you know we're kind of right before the end of the year in 2020 um, you know people are starting to set year-end goals right and people always establish business goals and yet very rarely establish happiness goals or think about what makes them happy. And so I thought it was important that we, that we um, be mindful of bringing fulfillment to our life by living purposefully. And, and so you mentioned that relationships make you happy or that your wife and your family make you happy. And yet, interestingly enough, um, Yale offers a class of, um, happiness. Mm-hmm. And right now during a pandemic, it's actually free to anyone who wants to sign up and take a Yale class on, um, developing life happiness. One of the things that they say in that course is that relationships or true love, true love does not actually make you happy. Okay. So you said that your family makes you happy, and yet Yale says that true love doesn't make you happy. Distill that down better for me. So what I think I did is I gave you guys a like a, an answer that I think that anybody should, you know, I guess I gave you an answer. So um, I, I think happiness is found within you, with, within you. So like what Yale is saying is that true love in and, in and of itself isn't, going to make you happy but can you truly find true love unless you're happy yeah so i'm going to paraphrase what you're saying i think is if you don't love yourself right getting love from another person can't actually cause fulfillment right so the first step is finding love in and of yourself and loving yourself 
Right. When you can learn to love yourself, the love of others can actually begin to compound that happiness. And interestingly, the study from um, that was used in this Yale course talks about um, doing a survey of couples who were married. And, you know, we know that um, chemically and hormonally that uh, newlyweds are happier because they have more happiness chemicals. Um, and, and yet 18 months after marriage, they all return to a baseline level of happiness. Um, in that, in this course and in this study, those, um, who are married 18 months later have the same level of happiness that they did prior to their marriage. They didn't fix what came in. That's right. They didn't fix themselves. So like, you're coming in on endorphins and hormones, and once all that goes away, the two broken people are still there. That's right. Yeah, and so it's a matter of can you fix yourself? Can you mend your own brokenness to become the whole person? And right. when you can wholly love yourself, including with its, with your brokenness, right. then you're able to receive and find love from others. And so um, I love that. Um, you know, one of the other things that, that was uncovered in this life happiness course is one of the things that we hear all the time and yet very rarely behave in this manner in which is that money doesn't buy happiness. I agree. I think that it sure does help, though. <laughs> That's right. So, but, I mean, it, money in and of itself does not. I mean, w what it does is when you're broke, it makes things uh, especially stressful. So we talk about managing stress and managing anxiety. And when you are having to make a decision on whether or not to buy leads for your business or pay your mortgage, that's that's a really tough decision to make. So that that then causes stress because then you have to make tough decisions. And that is that is what causes you to not be happy. So that's that's a perfect um, segue to to what is um, effectively found in most happiness studies around the idea of money making someone happy, which is that there is a threshold to where when your needs are met and um, and then when you exceed a, a certain level of uh, wealth or of income, your happiness begins to taper um, to where you're no longer more fulfilled yeah. by making more money. Yeah, diminishing returns. That's right. Yes, that's right. Money actually has a law of diminishing returns as it pertains to your happiness after your needs are met. In fact, one could argue that consuming more money or that consumption itself actually begins to have a negative effect on your happiness because yeah. most people, when they make more money, spend more money. They do. It is the consumerism that drives our culture and it is that consumerism that oftentimes drives negative impact on someone's happiness. I, 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 this is totally like I've been down there. I've, I've made good money and I've spent money like I shouldn't have. And what it does is it actually, this is what happens. You end up spending all this money. You have, um, you know, a big house, big cars. Then you want to do something from a business perspective and then you're hampered by your obligations. And then that becomes a level of anxiety and stress. So in that case, money uh, would then the spending of money uh, then becomes uh, an anxiety thing or, or a thing that actually causes you to stress. Hey guys, I wanted to interrupt this podcast 
this place, this DR Horton model we're in is sweet. If you haven't experienced DR Horton recently, they're brand new to Indianapolis, but they are America's largest builder. You have to check them out. DR Horton, America's largest builder. And in this concept that you're, you're speaking of, Mike, um, actually has a name um, and it's called um, hedonic happiness or hedonic adaptation. And that's where um, what we know is that and we've talked about it on the show multiple times is that you'll never have enough. Yeah. No matter how much you attain, what you can't have is enough until you've made peace internally with yourself. And so what what the research has shown is that um, this concept of hedonic happiness or hedonic adaptation is that um, when you gain something or when you get or consume, um, that becomes your new baseline yeah. of expectations you begin that becomes your new normal so the more you get the more you expect or the more that becomes normal and so you have to consume more in order to get a new level of happiness or dopamine that new feeling that you got when you consumed something um, because you you establish a baseline level of adaptation as you get more and more and more only to find that there's no such thing as enough. There's no gold at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so one of the, one of the portions that kind of piggybacks on that, um, at, that plays into your happiness level is the idea of expectations. Yeah. It's minimalism. It's, it's going back to basics And in the expectation that getting more, or getting an outcome from someone or something actually contributes to you being less happy. And so when you're able to free yourself of expectations of others and basing your happiness on the expectation of others or of things, yeah. you're able to um, align yourself in a way in which you can become more happy and more fulfilled. How does that show up though as a business owner? This is where I struggle is the idea of freeing yourself from expectations and operating a business. When I tell people this, they always want to know is, okay, that sounds really good in theory, but how do I operate a business where I expect to be profitable? I expect people to show up. I expect them to do this, but yet you're telling me to free myself of expectations. Um, well, <laughs> I don't know. That's, a, that's a something that we, I struggle with. I think that we set uh, proper expectations on what it is that the minimum, what we, what we're doing. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's this hard. is one of the biggest challenges, right? Yeah. Is that when you, when you, I think what I found, what I found is when I'm, when I'm coaching someone or having a conversation with them, consulting their business around, um, around this concept of business related expectations. Invariably, what I always go back to is, is that if you are attaching your happiness and stress and fulfillment to okay. your own expectations, that's when it's gotten to a point of where it's no longer serving you and your best self. Okay. It's no longer serving you productively to have your expectations tied to an outcome. So you can have expectations for actions okay. or around what you um, want to see from someone in your business, but, but you can't allow that to determine your level of fulfillment. Got so if it. you hire someone who doesn't Got show it. up, Got and it. your happiness is based on the expectation of them showing up. Got it. 
and they don't come in for their first day of work and that completely wrecks your entire level of fulfillment and happiness, you've gone too far on that expectation. Got You're it. letting someone else's behavior control your life. I get so. OK, now I've, I've got it. So I'm in the process of hiring uh, inside some inside sales agents, their kids. Some of them are, are younger. And so, like, sometimes they don't show up on time. And so I'm like, right, you know, I want to be on time. I've, I'm really busy. My especially at this time of the day when I'm meeting with these people, I'm pretty stacked up. And if they're late, it messes me up. So that is me doing that. So I just, what I've done um, in order to kind of manage that is I just got to understand these guys are kids and give them grace. And so by doing that, um, it's allowed me to not, like I was mad, like yeah. I got upset. And so like for me to be able to take that perspective and give them grace, that actually allows me to be happier. So when you, when you're, and this is great for, as from a business application standpoint is when, when something like that happens, that's typically the entrepreneur response. When, when an employee doesn't show up or when an employee doesn't do what they say they're going to do or should do, um, or what's expected of them. We oftentimes attach, uh, we have, uh, what I find is most entrepreneurs react emotionally mm -hmm. through that level of like discomfort and anger yeah. and you project it onto them. And what we find is that it's not productive at all. Yeah. And it's not productive because, um, you're not coming from a place of productivity yeah. in which you can, um, have a constructive conversation around how to, how to show up differently. Uh, and so you have to approach it from a perspective of like recognizing their behavior, addressing the behavior and then coaching a new behavior. Got it. Saying, okay, this is, this is the behavior I witnessed. This is the impact of the behavior I witnessed. This is what will happen if the impact or this is what will happen if the behavior doesn't, um, correct itself. Here's my contribution to be to your behavior. And here's how I'd like to see it be resolved. Most of the time we instead project a level of frustration and anger because we're attached to that outcome. Right. Yeah. We conflate. Yeah. And so, so freeing yourself from expectation becomes a way in which we find, um, more happiness and fulfillment in business and in life. Um, and one of the other things that, that I noticed that um, especially shows up in the world that we live in with social media, and we see it really negatively impacting um, a, you know, gen, what is it, Gen Z, and, and especially some, maybe the younger millennial generation, because I'm also a millennial. Thank you. Um, is that, uh, <laughs> is that the, the comparison? <laughs> one of the, one of the, key thieves of happiness is comparing yourself to someone else. Yeah. I think that, that this can be, I, I know that when I started my real estate business, that comparison was a fuel. Yeah. Is I always looked at the numbers. I was always looking at the race that I was in me versus me to get um, higher on the rankings because I was comparing my results to other people's results and it was what propelled me um, to get to where we are. And yet what I know now is that actually I no longer look at that. That comparison actually robs me of my fulfillment now. Huh. W tell me more about that. I think now it's because what I realize is that um, if I'm still looking at it, it means that I'm um, 
making that my identity. I'm deriving my value from where I rank comparison to other people. Got it. I was, the comparison became, the fuel was, could I accomplish this? Could I become this person? Yeah. And when I became that person, I no longer wanted to attach my entire self-worth and identity around maintaining and being that person. Yeah. That was too heavy. It'd be exhausting. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I no longer compare my, I myself to others from an identity perspective. Yeah. Um, that's deep, man. That is really, because a, a lot of us, I'm sure all the people that I'm, especially if they're real estate, they all kind of lock in on that, that list and they, they use that to kind of drive them. So I want to tell you something. I have no idea where I'm on the list. I've never, I've, I don't look. Amy yeah. looks, but I don't look. Yeah. And, and true. And, and do you have peace around that or does that? Yeah. Because this is the thing. I'm working really hard. I don't know what everybody else is doing. Yeah. All my energy is around like growing my business. And so at the end, we're all doing it differently. So I'm not the number one guy. And until I'm the number one guy on that list, I don't want to know where I, I want to, I want to be that guy. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And so you're, you're not oblivious or you're not um, ignoring the ways in which you can improve. You're just not attaching your life's purpose to it. Right. I literally have, I swear I have no idea where I am on that list. That's good. Good. I mean, to me, I think it's, you can have that. It's just a matter of, is it a healthy relationship with comparison. I can see people getting, and that's the reason why I don't. Yeah. It's because I could see myself like getting really stressed out when another person jumping me or if I'm not. So this is the thing. I'm just not going to let it become a, a thing that's going to be anxious. So what you're, what you're doing is you're controlling what you can control. Yes. Instead of comparing what you can't control. And that's one of the thieves of happiness. And as we kind of wrap things up here, I want to talk about a couple of more things. What's interesting is that when we, when, when I ask you what makes you happy at the beginning of our conversation, you're like, I don't know. And, and most people don't know. And I think that people don't know because we expect happiness to be complicated. Yeah. We expect it to be something that there's a magic bullet or some, um, equation that we're seeking something we have to go find or something we have to go attain. And yet all of the research on earth says that happiness is incredibly simple. So a couple of those simple things that allow you to attain a a peak level of happiness in life is valuing time over money. That's an adage that we all know is that time is more valuable than money. And yet most of us think that attaining more money will give us more happiness. Um, Investing in experiences instead of in possessions gives us more happiness. And having the awareness that what makes you happy is still not enough. Because what makes you um, happy and then not acting on it won't be enough. You have to actually build a pattern of doing and living the things that make you happy. And, um, and so living the experiences in the moment, in the moment you're there moment gives you the experience of happiness. Yeah. Like I said this, you know, Tyler, Kate, all you guys earlier before the show were animals. Yeah. And so like we forget, that we are animals. And at the end of the day, we have smartphones, we have Teslas, we have all these crazy things now. 
And when we were designed, we weren't designed with all of the complexity that we have in our life. So getting back to basics, um, you know, when I say family, like when you're going through this, you just don't even realize like how much you're giving up. You just you're in the grind and you're just doing it. Um, but just taking the time to sit and to be calm and to be peaceful and to do less is more. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. And and that kind of goes towards the last couple of them I want to touch on, which is um, two things to, to, to really build a habit around that add to happiness, which is um, is taking inventory of all of the things um, and by thing, sorry, all of the um, blessings yeah. that we're given in life, right? Having gratitude for the things that we take for granted contributes to peak happiness. You know what helps me? And I say this, we're playing with house money. That's right. Like when I say that, that gives you this level of like, I'm getting cold chills thinking about it. Like I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you would have seen how I grew up, I was not supposed to be here. So by walking in Bolden and by walking in that, it just gives you a level of peace. And then you kind of are able to, like, I've unshackled that. Like, I used to, the thing that used to drive me was I had fast cars. I had big <laughs> house. I had all that stuff. And I wasn't happy. And what makes you happy is just being able to spend time. Uh, it's about to be the holidays, seeing your family, and just hanging out, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right. So, <laughs> social connections, yeah. one of the last ones on that on the list from the Yale class about finding happiness, and, and that is truly the case, which is finding value in the relationships um, that, that help you build community and connection, and that is simple, and yet um, very rarely are people looking for um, deriving happiness from their social connections. We think it's something greater. We think in our consumerist comparison um, country that we will find happiness some other way. And the reality is that um, everything that we talked about on this level of life fulfillment and happiness is incredibly simple. It, it is time tested time over time yeah. over and over that these simple random acts of kindness and contributing to society and building community and connection, um, actually lead to a um, high degree of happiness. Not all of the things that we seek, um, through that cluttered consumerism. <laughs> <laughs>